All righty. Victor Yu joins the show today. What's going, Victor Yu? How you doing? Hello, Aiden Luby. I'm doing well. How about yourself? Dude, fantastic. We were just talking a little bit beforehand. Um, we just finished up the semester. This is, I know you took 21 credits junior spring. I thought this is my hardest semester on top of being online. I was kind of driving. I was pretty much going insane, but we kept her cool. We finished this semester strong. How about you? How are you feeling after the semester? Oh my gosh. After a semester of like full Zoom university, it's like, I don't know. We, we survived. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it's like all a that hallelujah, matters. you know? Literally. And I know like, ne- like at least next semester for me, I think I'm like, like I said, I'm taking like 16 credits, I think. And my first class is until 1 p.m. So that's super weird for me. Um, I don't know about you. How, how's your schedule looking next semester? Uh, for Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, I basic I don't have any classes except for Monday. You don't have so, any classes on Wednesdays or Fridays? Nope. Oh, Just that one man. senior project on Monday. And then, well, Tuesday and Thursdays I have class from like 12 to 5. I yeah. think Thursdays are like 9 to it's 5. It's but... nothing new, man. Nothing new. So, hey. so Thursday, Thursdays on at Maggie's. Um, Cross your fingers are open. Yeah, well, they're open, but you know, we're we're gonna, hopefully they're more open now, or like because once the shutdown's over, at least it, it should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm going balls to the wall senior spring, so I'm sure all the other chemical engineers are gonna do the same thing. So, oh but, uh, yes. Alrighty, Victor. Well, first of all, I gotta ask you this. You know, what's a hatter? Because I know you're from Hatboro Horsham, and I ask you this every single time, and I don't care. So, hatters. So, yeah, hang on. Yeah, tell me where you went to high school because this is kind of funny. So, I went to Hatford Horsham High School in uh, good old Montgomery County. Uh, So, you you ask what a hatter is. So, fun facts about Hatboro. Well, that's what the town that I live in. Um, There used to be a town where they produced hats. (laughs) Christ. And, but the. I get not really funny thing. I don't know. It's kind of tragic in a way, but the chemicals that they use in the hats, I think it was like the early 1800s or probably late 1800s. I don't remember the history that much, but the chemicals that they used to like to make these hats kind of made them go a little crazy because they didn't really have much information on chemicals back then. And they didn't know that it would be like kind of toxic for them. Mm. So eventually the history, I then it kind of made them like kind of mad like kind of crazy in a way so then that's where Apple Horsham got the name the Mad Hatters plus <laughs> the Hatters there's a picture that we had um or no we actually had a costume literally just a top hat and oh. that top hat would just come to the football games it was funny it was so funny and then I think someone stole it or like we lost it what the but so- we have a picture yeah I, I don't I don't really know someone stole the top hat of your high school that's hilarious yeah so now we're just uh, tatters. I'll have to look this up. This is, that's kind of crazy. Um, but that's really believable, though. I mean, you know, you have blue-collar workers, didn't know anything about anything, just working in a factory, and basically made them, made them go insane. Like, how much believe that. Is there any, like, old abandoned hat-making factories that you go and, like, it's like a haunted house now? Uh, there actually are some. Of the old factory workers. There's some old... Um like buildings in Hatboro, like on the main roads. Mm. It's kind of far out. There's this one house that's that was across from the old YMCA that was used as kind of like a haunted 
mm-hmm. like uh, house. But I don't really know much about the other yeah. houses. I think most of them were knocked down. But <laughs> that's all right. Well, it's all for the better now. I went to Upper Marion, so that's why like, I know I'm familiar, familiar with your area. So that's all good stuff. All right, Victor. So you're in high school, moving along. You're a Mad Hatter. And then you're also in marching band, which we'll get into a little bit later because that's really one of your big passions. That's really cool. Um, but I want to start with like, you know, how you decided to get into chemical engineering and chemistry, because I know you to be a dual degree major. Um, so I kind of want to hear about like how that journey began, like even in high school. So my thought process, at least in high school, I think it was like junior year or senior year. I don't know. Between that time, uh, I had this uh, chemistry teacher who taught well, honors chemistry. Mm-hmm. Her name Oh, we're accepted middle school now, but I really enjoyed the class. Like, I don't know. Okay, hang on. Hello. So I think I think we're back on there. We're back on. So you were saying how you had a professor or a teacher in junior senior year of high school who taught right. who taught chemistry. That's where you were for a mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just really enjoyed chemistry, and I was like, this is really cool. And then that was it. So and then come the senior year. Um, I took calculus AB and I was, and I thought I was pretty decent at it. And like, I really liked doing math and stuff. Mm. So I guess I kind of came to the conclusion of like, I like chemistry. I'm pretty good at math, but do chemical engineering. And then I decided that I wanted to pursue chemical engineering. So in freshman year of, uh, at Widener, I actually did a lot of more research into chemical engineering and like what the industry like like what we would do in the industry if we went into that career mm-hmm. and i kind of realized that chemical engineering wasn't really chemistry it was more like processing uh, units yeah like optimization. and it's just kind of yeah and i always like to joke around saying that we're kind of like glorified managers at like a factory in a way <laughs> I, mean, I know and that's like such a broad term or like a on a broad statement i mean um, but, then I, true, but i mean yeah but uh, eventually, I don't know, just something clicked in my head. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to add on chemistry as a second degree because we only had to take like two or three more classes to have this. Yeah. And when did you decide to do that? Was it so- fall, sophomore year? Is that when you declared it? I think it was. Or sophomore spring? I think it was freshman, the end of freshman fall and the beginning of Ooh, freshman okay. spring. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I, uh, I didn't hop on the bandwagon until sophomore spring, so I was really kind of far behind. But, you know, Tuesday. Now you're, now you're fine. It was, um, I think up until, like, sophomore spring is when the classes started to, like, yeah, move up in a way. Yeah. But you weren't too far behind. Is there anything in particular that drove you, like, like, like you made you choose Widener? Because I was kind of the same thought process, right? I didn't really know exactly what I want to do, but I did, like, mathematics and chemistry. So I was like, all right, let me just do chemical engineering. And without really even giving any two thoughts about it. Um, so did anyone like anything like draw you to, to that? I originally wanted to go to Penn state main campus, but then my mom and my dad were just like, uh, no, uh, that's way too far. <laughs> Fair enough. And I don't know. I really liked Penn state. It was a really big school. It, it definitely had, they definitely had their own culture right in the middle of, uh, nowhere, Pennsylvania. I, I thought it was really interesting location wise but for widener 
it was it was like a really small school you know and like the class sizes were really small and actually the first time i actually i visited widener was at a robotics it was robotics it was a mousetrap competition mm. that my high school class engineering class we went to compete in that and that was when i got like our, my first little tour and even though we were only in the like the gym area the right. athletic center there's something about the school which just felt very homey in a way mm. and then the second time that i visited just like my gut feeling was just like this just seems pretty i don't know it just seemed pretty nice it was really small and it had like and it was also like 40 minutes away from home versus right. five hours yeah and something and i just kind of knew that it was kind of i don't know a place my place to go for sure you know it's crazy because like i mean the differences between here and penn state are like I mean, they're they're like totally worlds apart. So it's kind of interesting. You wanted to go to Penn State, but then ended up at like a small private school, compared to a big state school, which has over like seventy thousand people there. Um, but maybe maybe you made the right choice, you know. So, I, I think so. I, yeah. I really enjoyed my time here. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of want to I kind of want to talk about your um, music music real quick um, before we go any further because I know it's one of your biggest passions. Um. So do you mind telling us like what exactly that you play and like how long you've been playing it for? Um, and then maybe like what you're doing now. Do you want me to start from like, you can start from birth. Okay. Yeah. What, what were you doing? At birth? Were you playing at birth? <laughs> well, I was, um, I was being birthed by my mother. Um, but, uh, let's go back. Let's go down five years later. And this was when I was in kindergarten or first grade or no, and I was in fifth grade and we had the option to do to either do orchestra or to do band mm. and I was like I want to learn how to play the drums and then my mom was like no that's too loud and I was like I want to learn how to play the trombone and she said no that's too loud <laughs> so then um so my sister she's like five years older than me she played the violin and I was like you know what I'll play the violin and let's go down let's go down like three more years and this was in eighth grade what if uh, my good friends in middle school asked me to do marching band with her because we were looking for people. And I was like, sure, uh, I'll try it out. So then I ended up going to rehearsal in eighth grade. And I was like, this is kind of fun. And then I just kind of stuck with it. And then when I went into my high school uh, marching band, like my high school marching band was very like, I don't know, they, they, we ran, like the pro director ran it very seriously in a way. And like his kind of philosophy of running a marching band program was like, a successful group is when the students run the groups or like runs themselves and themselves in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And the director, he, he was in the Marines. So like he yeah. kind of knew what he was doing and we were like, and when I look back and I like watch old videos in high school, I was like, dang, we were actually like kind of good, especially with drum lines in like this area. How big we, was your band in, in uh, Pepperell, I assume it's pretty big, isn't it? It's kind of really cool, isn't it? We weren't that big. I think we were like the size of like 60. Like the biggest we've had was like 72. Mm. Yeah, and but, your, your microphone's also like it's a little staticky. I don't know if you're covering the uh, covering anything. Let me see if I can change it. My apologies. Yeah, you're good, man. It's all good. Technology. Does, oh, does yeah. it sound a little better? Yeah, that sounds way clearer. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right, so you're in a, you're in your high school. You have like a sixty man, sixty seventy person 
band, and you're still playing the drums, right? Yeah, and I started off on bass drum, and I don't know, I just really enjoyed it, and it was kind of like, I, I kind of, like, after school, I just kind of stayed at, like, in my, in, like, the band hall, mm. and just stay there until rehearsal, because um, my parents couldn't drive me to the, to the high school every time. Mm-hmm. So I was either like ask my friend or I just stay after school. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'll just stay after school. And it just kind of stuck with me. And now I'm, I still play drums. I play tenors specifically or quads, the really big drums that have like four drums. And then they're also really heavy. Um, yeah, I play those now. And I also teach uh, as a instruct, drumline instructor at really high school also. So I, and I, and I've been in, in this activity for, for a really long time. Oh man. Oh, I feel old. <laughs> Why do you gotta remind me? Bro, I'm literally older than you. Like we're getting old we're old heads now, man. Like we're, uh, we're getting up there in age, man. We're twenty one years old. We're getting up there in age. <laughs> doesn't feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just something that I've been doing for such a long time and I've learned so much personally and like how to be I don't know, funny enough like an act like a responsible human being in a way. And like how to time manage how to, I don't know, stay organized, how to at least be a, uh, at least a decent person in a way. Um, I think it's really incredible because like, I mean, you were like balancing, you know, fraternity life, your research, working at the Ridley and just like music. So it's really admirable that, you know, you did all that kind of stuff. Um, what do you think it is about music that like just draws you to it? Like, what is it, like, what is it, and then like, what is it about the drums that like you like so much? Like, how come you didn't pick up any other instrument? Well, I know you. I knew you dabble with the bass, but you know, kind of um, at least for music, it's kind of like, I don't know, as cheesy as it sounds, it's kind of like an escape in a way. So it's like for me, it kind of pulls me into being in like the present moment in a way, and like instead of being worried about like what's happening in the future or being upset what happened like an hour ago, it's like I don't know. It kind of sets my mind and saying, all right, all I gotta worry about is sounding like a like sounding good, like playing good rhythms, having good tone, at least on the bass guitar. Mm-hmm. And and just like the sound, at least the sound for bass guitar, like it really relaxes me. But at least for drums, it's like, I don't know, like for drums, it's, it's just really, I don't know, it's hard to describe. Cause like, like you just very, play- um, it seems very um, organized, I guess. Like the drums, the drum seems like an instrument that's very like, like, set in stone i guess in a way you know what i mean like right when the drums like it's i i see what i i even even as myself who doesn't like play the drums or like know anything about music i kind of see what you're saying it's like kind of like i don't know it's like cut and dry i think the, the drums it's like you kind of have to be you kind of have to be per, like precise and you have to be kind of like focused on what you're playing because rhythms don't change like the rhythms that are written on the page are like they're not going to change like either you play them in time you play them correctly um or you don't mm. and at least in drum corps and like at least with like, like auditions when you're auditioning for a drum line one thing they focus a lot is like rhythms like are you playing the right rhythms while also sounding or out, while also creating like a nice tone not being too harsh not being too soft when you play mm-hmm. um but the really cool thing about drums is that you're able to kind of express visually in like very different ways so right. like in drumline there is like there's like East Coast and like West Coast kind of approach where East Coast is like all wrists and it's kind of like aggressive in a way while West Coast is more of like, I don't know, more chill, like more like more expressive. Mm. Um, I guess another way to 
think about is like more of like a, I don't know. It looks, it's very flowy versus East Coast is very like strict in a way, if you want to think of it like that. Yeah. And I, I know recently you just, you, you placed in a, um, a national tournament, right? A national um, tournament, I guess you would say. Yeah. My uh, high school, they competed um, virtually across like the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And we just submitted a video of our show uh, to a judge or to a panel of judges and then they watch it and then they kind of place us into different categories. So there's different categories like music and there's visuals, there's color guard and percussion. And even though we didn't place too well, like it too high on like, I think we placed like eighth out of like the 25 schools that were there. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing that the percussion placed third out of the 25 schools and like, and like the East coast was just like, I don't know. It was just really cool because previous years we didn't really place that high. Mm. Um, I mean, because the staff, because we had a whole staff change like last, actually two years ago. Um, Because before it was a bunch of, I think it was like high schoolers that were trying to, that were teaching Mm -hmm. Ridley. And then a whole group of very reputable instructors came in. um, And after that, the drum line and the percussion section started to just like soar up and mm-hmm. just like scores. And it's just really cool seeing how they progress and how they're getting better. Because if you watch your sh- marching band show from them like two years ago versus now, it's just like, I don't know, it's really cool seeing that progress. Right. That's really awesome, man. Congratulations on that, on that, well, that really high finish. I'm trying to, can you, I'm trying to like imagine like, like I'm trying to like put this into perspective, like how big of a deal this is. So, Okay, you competed. So you're so first of all, you wrote the music, right? You wrote the percussion for that, right? Uh yeah. Part um, of it. Don't, yeah, actually, don't be modest here. You wrote it, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Okay. Victor wrote <laughs> Victor Victor's gonna be modest. He's gonna be humble, but I'm gonna I'm gonna egg him on and cheer him on here. So Victor wrote the music for the high school band to compete in this tournament, right? Okay. And for at least for the percussion side, you finished third out of twenty-five. Were these are these twenty five like other other high schools like in the mid Atlantic region region or are we talking like all across the eastern seaboard? From what I remember, the high schools were mostly in the New England area, mm-hmm. and I think around here and a little bit in Virginia. I'm not too sure, hundred percent. I don't know where all the high schools are from, but I definitely saw some schools from like the New England area, mm-hmm. and then some in like the city area of Philadelphia and some like closer to like Pittsburgh. And are you competing in schools like relatively to your size or like, is this like anyone can submit anything? Relative to our size. Well, that's pretty badass, man. Congratulations on that dub. Um, Thanks. Or at least placing high anyways, you know, that's awesome, man. Um, you, you think you'll continue to do music like after you graduate or like, well, I guess it's kind of a dumb question. Of course you will, but like, do you see your future? Like what do you see? Yeah, of course. Um, I guess one of my goals is to write drumline music for like a drum corps or like for an independent group. Mm. Um, that's just something I've been wanting to do for a while. But yeah, it's definitely going to be something that I'm going to be doing even after I graduate or when I work or if I go to graduate school. If oh man, we're getting there. Before we get there, all right. So uh, the music stuff. Is there is there a video? You have the video, right? It's on YouTube, right? Yeah, there's a video of the show. What uh, I can do is what, 
what I can do is I can uh, minute show. Um. Yeah, what I can do is I can uh. I'll t I'll get the YouTube link and then just plug it into my uh to this YouTube channel, and then if people want to go see your um, performance. They're more than welcome to go do that. Sure. Yeah. Um. Uh, I'll send that to you. Thanks. All right. Yeah. Of course. All right. So the big question. We're going to go backwards now. We're going to go back into research here. The big, this is the big enchilada here because I know you're doing. I mean, you're you and Doctor Bot always doing cool stuff. And I talked to Doctor Bot earlier in the podcast, but now I want to hear your, the student side from it, working with Doctor Bot. So I guess we'll start and maybe like you know how you got into the research and like what ex exactly that you do, um, and then like why it's important, and then what are you doing now? So. I started, actually, let me pull back to chemical literature. It was like the one class where we had to do like, where we had to talk to professors about potential research from like going it's, into junior senior year. Spring, was it sophomore spring? Okay. Yeah. So for those who don't know, it's basically a course where chemistry students have to um, write a research paper on a topic, which whatever they want to write it, write it on. But part of the course is you have to go speak to at least three professors in the chemistry department about like their research. So and at okay, okay. Um, and at the time when I declared my chemistry degree, Dr. Bot was actually my advisor, and I kind of read some of his old work, works with his previous students, and I was like, this is kind of cool. Like, I think I'd want to do research in organic chemistry at least. I wasn't really interested in anything like physical chemistry or analytical. I just wanted to try doing. <laughs> Dr. Organic. Dr. Yang would be disappointed. disappointed. I, I, no. <laughs> That's but, I, I love those people, but uh, uh, yeah, I'm not really, uh, I'm feel kind of the same way here. But organic, I don't know, organic synthesis, I just thought it was really interesting, especially taking organic one and two, like the professors here who teaches mm -hmm. them, like Dr. Barr and Dr. Bastin, it was just like, I don't know, they, they made the class really like fun in a way. Right. I mean, it was really hard, but if you put in the work, it, you come out very just satisfied. It's one of those courses so. that like, I mean, like you and I, we're, I mean, we're both kind of, we're both basically organic chemists and like, it, it's like, it's super like, uh, uh, like relieving. That's not the right word. It's like so gratifying to like get things right in that class, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, uh, but anyways, you took those courses. And I just saw Dr. Bot's work and he was doing stuff with Alzheimer's. And I remember the title, does, does drinking, something about like drinking wine. I, I totally forgot the fight. The I, I, like, The salt, not the <laughs> The sulfites in the wine. <laughs> but um, but um, one of Dr. Bot's research uh, with Richard Connolly, one of his title had something with like wine in it. And I was like, that's interesting. Like wine could potentially help with Alzheimer's. So I went up to Dr. Bot and I said, I didn't really ask him. I kind of said to him, I was like, I kind of, I want to do research with you. So then he walked down through the, <laughs> I don't think it was that forceful, but. <laughs> Victor, that was a... <laughs> Victor applying some assertion. <laughs> but he, she walked me through the fourth floor of Kirkbride and then we talked about his research and then I, and I said, I wanted to do it. So then fast forward a couple more months and then we started doing research together through the summer undergraduate research, creative arts. Creative activity. <laughs> creative the activities. Yeah, the Circa program, really good program. Circa program. If you're not in it already, really good program. Oh yeah. 
So yeah, that was it. That's, there it is. That's entirely all right. Good show, Victor. Was... <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so obviously now that we're begging the question, you know, what what exactly did you do? So what I do now is, at least for this year, I do greener synthesis of tarot still being derivatives, which then could be which then can be used as uh, potential drug candidates for Alzheimer's. Mm. Um, so terosilbine is a derivative of resveratrol, and resveratrol is commonly found in wines. Um, if you want to learn about the chemical structure, it's basically two um, aromatic rings, and it's connected by a double bond. Um, I also, real for, quick, I also, I assume you have a paper on this somewhere, maybe a poster. I can also include that. Uh, yeah, I have a poster. Okay, so I can include that in the uh, YouTube link if anyone wants to go see what these look like. More than welcome to. Okay, so you have yeah. aromatics connected by a, a double bond. Oh, and it also has two hydroxy groups in like the three five positions mm -hmm. on one of the rings. And um, for, if I remember correctly, I think there are it would be severometric, like both would be on the three five positions. But um, you you'll see it when it, if when you check out the poster. Mm -hmm. But terostilbene and resveratrol, they're or at least resveratrol, it's very uh, well known in the chemistry community for being like for having a lot of like beneficial effects, like being anti-inflammatory, being uh, and and it's known for its anti-cancerous effects and just a whole bunch of good stuff, like all the great stuff you want to hear about resveratrol. So dream, yes. So, but right now is. Resveratrol, it's kind of expensive to buy by itself. Mm. It's also kind of expensive to make. So for terostilbene, for terostilbene, we replace the hydroxy group with a methoxy group, or uh, OCH3, if you want to go into the chemistry side. And with that, it actually increases the bioavailability of the product. So mm. it'll be much easier for it to pass through uh, the body and for it to actually work and terostilbenes could also be a cheaper alternative to resveratrol and for my research we use a microwave to do our synthesis previously we would um take a mortar and pestle and then we would use a base the ancient we, times the ancient times their mortar and pestle yeah, originally we used a mortar and pestle to do our synthesis, but then for this year we focus on using the microwave reaction, which is much faster, and also less of doing this for thirty minutes and having a sore arm by the end of the week. I remember summer of twenty nineteen, Victor would literally be in the lab with a mortar and pestle for thirty minutes to an hour, just grinding this stuff together. Just doing that. <laughs> Look at the flick of the wrist. Oh man. Yeah. After that now. <laughs> Hey, I had some pretty, I had some pretty big biceps by the end of the summer, so <laughs> I ain't complaining. Well, at yeah. least on the right arm, left arm now. <laughs> Get real. <laughs> but for um, synthesis, we focus on using a Wittig reaction, and what a Wittig reaction does is that um, basically it ends with having a double bond. Um, like so, originally in our starting product, we wouldn't have a double bond, like a carbon-carbon double bond in our product or in our starting reagent. But then in our final product, we have this double bond, which when we turn back to resveratrol and terostilbene, also has that double bond in it too. And what we do for the microwave synthesis is that we utilize uh, an aldehyde derivative, avitic reagents, which is triphenylphosphine, 
and then we use a base. And by combining them together, um, we put that in a vial, throw that in the microwave, and then we see that works. And it works. And we're very like surprised. We're very happy to put the results. Mm -hmm. Real quick though, so are you buying re Reservatrol and then you, are you then synthesizing the derivative terastilbene or are you straight we're, up synthesizing it? We're just straight up synthesizing the terastilbene derivatives. Okay. okay, so that'll be in, that'll be in the poster then. So we'll, we'll take a look mm -hmm. at that. It's all right. So cool. So then, like, what did you? What was like? What did you find? Like, what was your some of your conclusions? So we wanted to see if the microwave worked, basically. Mm. And we wanted to see if... We wanted to test a bunch of different aldehyde derivatives. Mm. Um, and to see if the react if this basic reaction works in the microwave. And last year, we used potassium hydroxide pellets. Um, but this year, we replaced the base with potassium carbonate. Um, it's not as corrosive as potassium hydroxide mm. um and we used water as a solvent and we just had a bunch of different aldehyde derivatives we put it together and we just see if it worked we ran it right through the ir um because in the ir or the infrared spectroscopy i don't know if you want to explain that <laughs> it's kind of a lot so infrared spectroscopy you all can <laughs> up really want to but basically it shoots infrared through a basically a, a pyramid and depending on what the functional groups there are, you can tell what's there. It's really yeah. the down version of what it is. Yeah, and it'll show a certain frequency. So we wanted to see um, in our final product if we still had the aldehyde or not. Mm. And every time we ran this reaction, we would always see that the aldehyde peak is gone, I mean, which confirms that we did that reaction, which is really cool. Also wanted to test the purity by um, checking its melting point. Uh, but the problem with our reaction is that it has triphenylphosphine oxide as a byproduct. And mm. with that byproduct, it's pretty difficult to separate out. Um, and that's kind of this, and for this year, we focused on trying to separate this impurity out. Because um, when we try to recrystallize, triphenylphosphine oxide can't really um, dissolve. Oh man, I don't remember the terminology. Oh, bad chemistry. You know, but, wait, so you can't, um, use, you can't use recrystallization with ethanol because of the triphenylphosphine, what was it called again? Triphenylphosphine oxide, or TPPO. Okay. Um, Can't really dissolve in many. It doesn't components. dissolve in ethanol? Oh, okay. Yeah, hmm. so we would, but we figured out a way. Uh, we used hexane and we tried hmm. using, I'm trying to remember what else. It was, it's been a while, so I'm kind of rusty on all this well, stuff. This your, I assume this is your senior, or senior research then, right? Yeah. Yeah. So okay. I will. Well, I'll bring you back sometime next semester, and then you'll have better results. You know. Really sure. Oh yeah. Clear. So that's really cool, man. Um. So I'm curious. Do you use you didn't use any NMR for your products? We wanted to do. We wanted to use NMR. Um. But at the time, I didn't know how to uh, use the um instrument, mm -hmm. and I couldn't really find time to meet with Dr. Baston or Dr. Van Bramer. For them to teach me, and then, but then this semester I took advanced synthesis spectroscopy, and now I know how to use the NMR instrument and how to set it up. So now I can use it and see if I can. So what are the next steps again? Like, what, so what are you doing next? Like, where is the? What's the future of this of your section of the project? So my plan for this is to kind of go back to square one, 
and mm. focusing on one derivative, mm. one tarot still being derivative each time. And my kind of my goal is to kind of to to purify it and then to characterize it using NMR. Um, just so we can we can confirm that we have our product, right? And then we can do a bunch of calculations to see if we have to um, like how learn about our percent yield. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. To see how green it is. Well, man, you got a full plate coming in the spring. I'm Ooh, looking, I'm looking yeah. forward to your results on this. No, no, I'm really excited to get back into it because I haven't really focused it focused on it much this past semester. Well, and who, it. What time do you have, bro? Like. Right. No. <laughs> yeah. And. With the summer, we didn't really have much time either because yeah, of the summer, uh, pandemic. Yeah. But I'm really excited to get back into it. Yeah, I I was talking to Dr. Bass and I was like, dang, like, stressful this semester, but I'm honestly kind of looking forward to it. I just wish, like, having a semester, like, where it's just you're in the research lab and that's only what you have to worry about, like, I'm, it's kind of, like, relaxing because, like, I remember, like, like, I would just listen to music or listen to a podcast as I'm in the lab doing stuff. Like, it's really cool. It's really relaxing. Yeah. yeah, you're just kind of doing your own thing in a way. Mm. And do you have, actually, do you have any uh, chemistry classes next semester? I have instrumental. Um, that's the only one I have. So Okay. So yeah. we don't really have much chemistry classes for next semester, yeah. but we yeah. got our research going on. Mm -hmm. And you know, we have all the background, you know, we have all the, we have all the principles. We took all the, we took all the classes. I didn't take instrumental, but I kind of know most of the instruments anyway at this point. So I'm looking forward to next semester. I really am. I truly am looking forward to it. Um, yeah. So, all right. So what do you think, what do you think you're going to do in the future? Like, what do you think you want to do after you graduate? Oh man, I've been thinking about this for like a month. Yeah, to be honest. Somewhere, right? Where are you entering right now? I'm entering at a uh, Kibo biotech. Hmm. Um, they're one of their main products called Renadel focuses on supporting the kidney hmm. and they utilize it. They utilize prebiotic and probiotic, uh, bacterias mm -hmm. to support the kidney. And they, they've actually had a, like a lot of success on it. And what I do there is that I help with their shipping for the most part. Um, cause of recently, cause of this pandemic, a lot of, or and also um, with the manufacturing uh, issues, the, mm. lot, some of the orders have been backed up, and I'm kind of, and I'm there to help out with boxing and shipping their products. Again, chemical engineering edge finance right there, just uh, helping optimize your the shipping routes. Oh yeah, <laughs> but hey, just hey, it's, it's better. It's a good job to have, you know, as a as you're moving through undergrad. But so. Okay, so what do you think you want to do? The big question, big enchilada right here. Oh man, I'm I'm not really too sure because like I, I my original I guess my plan so far is to take a gap year, mm. and then I want to go into graduate school, but then actually today my uh, supervisor or my boss uh, asked or not really asked me but he that I should think about going about getting my PhD. I literally spent the whole day just kind of like contemplating. I'm like, is a PhD worth it? I mean, oh yes. Um, For chemical like, engineering or chemistry? Chemistry. Hmm. I wanted to go more into chemistry. Uh, and he said that it looks like that I enjoy doing research and I also enjoy teaching and hmm. that a PhD would be a good idea 
and I literally just like sat and like <laughs> like at my desk like boxing on the product, and I was just like in my own head. I was like, man, should I do a PhD? He's like, <laughs> and I just kept watching videos, and I don't know. So like so far, I do know that I want to go into graduate school. I do yeah. want to take a gap year, and that's kind of my plan after I graduate. Mm-hmm. But specifically, I'm not really too sure. <laughs> right. Well, still have a lot of time to figure that out, man. When you have a, a BS in chemistry and chemical engineering, well, there's a lot of avenues you can go into. So definitely take your time thinking about it. But hey, look, I mean, I was applying to PhD programs. Like you already know, like I think that would be the route. Like uh, you know, especially if you like teaching and chemistry, like that's kind of the best of both worlds. And but you'll think about it. So I look forward to whatever you decide on, you know. Yeah, and didn't you get accepted to FIT <laughs> I recently? Did, yeah. yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, man, that's great. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah, I got accepted to Florida Institute of Technology for a PhD in chemistry. Um, wait, I'm waiting. I asked them like what their timeline was, like you know, like what you know, like like when do you need an answer by? Like what's your financial aid package looking like? So waiting on them to hear back. Um, so uh we'll see we'll see um but it's looking pretty good right now so yeah um Artie man what, what do you think are some of like your favorite moments here at Widener some of my favorite moments favorite classes professors I guess one of I guess one of the my favorite moments was actually joining one of our fraternities on campus hello brother of talk at <laughs> epsilon <laughs> um yeah, I, like I'll be honest, like I'm not too sure why I joined at first, because one of our um, brothers, uh, Fernando Forte, they just came up to me. He's like, "Yo, you should come by to our house and you should hang." And I was like, "Okay, sure." But how'd also, you, I was like, "How'd you meet Fern?" It was at oh man, how did I meet him? I think it was at a party freshman year. I, I just like talked to him and I like, thought he was pretty cool. Mm. And then sophomore year. Um, I saw him at the, what was it, the fair? Was it, what was it called again? Meet the Fraternities, I don't know, uh, Involvement Fair? Involvement Fair, yeah, yeah, I saw him again at Involvement Fair. And then he just said, yo, swing by this weekend or tonight if you're free. And I was like, sure. And I just hung out there and I just talked to the brothers and I just, I, I don't know, I just liked their vibe. And I just thought they were really cool. And... Yeah, that was like one of my favorite moments, and just like just hanging out with them. Also, and then like being over at their house was kind of like, kind of like my relaxation space, or like kind of my safe space in a way. Mm-hmm. So like, I, like literally every weekend, I would just go and just hang out with them, like every like weekend. Mm-hmm. And it was just I don't know, I just had a great time. It was awesome. I just had a lot of fun being with them, and I don't think I would be the same person as I am if I didn't join Teak. Right. Because one thing I really valued from joining Teak was being okay with kind of doing nothing, right? Because, like, you know me for being, like, really busy all the time. You know me for, like, running around, trying Mm -hmm. to juggle, like, too many things at once. Right. But, like, for joining Teak, like, I literally just appreciated that, appreciated them for just literally kind of doing nothing. It's, like, all they did was play, like, play video games all the time. Or not all the time, but they played video games, and that was kind of like my, I guess, like connection to them because like I used to play video games a lot before I joined marching band, and I would just go over there, hang out with them, and we just 
I don't know. It was really fun. I remember that. I mean, I wasn't at the house um, that much, but because I had joined the semester before you did. Um, but Alistair, Doug, and Fern were just so chill and low key. Like they got their stuff done, but they knew when it was time to just like relax. And I think that was the atmosphere that they built. And anyone could just walk into the house and you would find them just chilling, like literally chilling. And, and there was no stress, nothing to worry about. And it was and, the vibe that they presented, you know? Yeah. And it was just kind of like, it's okay to relax sometimes. Like you don't have to be so busy all the time. You don't have mm-hmm. to be running around being stressed all the single day. Just, just like take some time to just hang out. Right. You know? Yeah. And obviously like, I mean, I mean, we could talk about training life all day and all night, like literally all the opportunities that you get from it. Like, man, that's, that's a whole other episode in itself. But um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I definitely, if I had to add up all of my entire moments, like during talk half Epsilon, it's definitely up there. It's definitely like top, top two for me. Probably is number one along with ASB probably, but it's really good. Definitely. What were some of your, like your favorite classes you think? Favorite, favorite like professors and like something you like reflect on? One of my favorite classes actually was this semester. It was synthesis and spectroscopy. Mm. It I really learned a lot as like a chemist and as just like a student mm-hmm. um, because in the beginning of the semester, they kind of pushed most of like the synthesis, um, the lab work in the beginning because were, we were concerned if the school was going to lock down or not or like close down because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, so we decided to do the synthesis really early on. And then once we realized everything was going to be okay, we focused more on spectroscopy and that was kind of like the meat, the the meat and potatoes of the class because Dr. Van Bramer, oh my gosh, he like <laughs> threw so much stuff at us and he did guys to handle it. Yeah. And he like he just we just sat and we talked for like four hours learning how to interpret and different NMR tech or how to do NMR techniques and how to interpret them. Mm-hmm. Um, because we learned how we learned about carbon or we, we've learned about carbon and proton spectra nmr spectroscopy and organic and then we went on to learn about cozy um hmqc hmdc and then he and then there's like this whole like can of worms of just spectroscopy and there's like you literally go to graduate school to learn about spectroscopy because there's so much you can do with it right to interpret um different graphs to see what chemicals you have yeah and a lot of that was just really, I don't know, like nerdy, as nerdy as it sounds, like I had so much fun <laughs> learning about all of that and learning how to interpret um, different unknowns. Like he would just give us a graph with like, um, and he said, okay, figure out what this unknown is. And some days where it's, it's a really difficult class because it's just like, it's just so much. Yeah, just do. looking at graphs and like spectra, like I'm sure it's like hurt your eyes, you know? <laughs> Pretty much, but another really cool thing about the class is that we worked a lot on our reports too, like how we present our narrative into this report. Cause if, cause most of us, I think we're gonna go, or actually who took the class are gonna go into the chemical or the chemistry industry. And like their feedback is just, just invaluable. Like, honestly, it's like, I've, and it, and I, when I read my first draft from the beginning of the semester and reading my like final draft, it's just like, there's a huge difference and it's just, and I felt like I've gotten so much better as like a student yeah. because of the, because of this class. 
like time management and how to actually like speak in like you know the American like ACS like terminology like what are they looking for like this that stuff's like really important definitely real quick for the viewers do you kind of just want to explain what like NMR is like it, it stands for nuclear magnetic resonance um but just so do you want to maybe explain it here a little bit man uh if I remember correctly Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think this is how it works. So basically, you, let's say you have an unknown, right? Um, and you would add a, add a um, solvent to it. So you can use DMSO or uh, chloroform, whatever, whatever dissolves your product. You put it in this glass tube, and that tube goes into this big machine, really big machine. Um, and basically, you have these magnets that hold the unknown, that hold the unknown solution in this magnetic field. And it takes the energy to do that. And then when you remove the magnetic field, it releases energy to go back to whatever it was before. And you can read those measurements and you can figure out how to, what molecule you have. And that's basically NMR. Yeah. Like, and very simple to people who don't know about chemistry. I, I would agree. Um, yeah. Let's say for like methane, like, or like CH4, mm -hmm. um, at like, if you put those, if you have like the carbon and you have like the protons around like the carbon, they would emit a certain frequency uh, in a magnetic field. And those protons would, and like, I don't know, if you learn, if, if some of you take in physics too, you learn about magnetic fields and a proton kind of distorts the magnetic field in a certain way. So let's say we have, um, was it ethanol um, or methanol? And actually, let's do let's do ethanol. So, oh, okay, the protons on the carbon, like the CH three, those those protons would emit a certain frequency, which then be distorted by the CH two connected by that. Mm -hmm. And and there's also that OH group, that hydroxy group, and those protons are going to affect that CH two group and the CH three group, and you have this whole like magnetic kind of like orb or like kind of mush or cloud in a way and all of that's like and each of the protons for the carbons are going to be distorted in a certain way right it's, it's really like mind screwy or as it's really confusing but honestly you take a look at a spectra it's it's it, not it's really not that complicated um, yeah but the way the, the way how the way it works though yeah um and how somebody like figured it out as a uh, dr van bramer says um and he if you can't really explain he just says it's just black magic. <laughs> it's the uh, the dark matter. <laughs> yeah, pretty it's much. <laughs> Basically, uh, we put this stuff in a, in a big machine, and then these uh, spectra come out, and you know that's what you got to know. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, what you have. Alrighty. Um, what's some of, what's like some advice that you give to like um, you know like students, prospective students? For prospective students, or just in, um, or whatever. In general, I guess an advice. I have for I guess for prospective college students is to really just like I don't know just just take the time and just really focus on yourself for like some time like so like right now in like I guess our culture current culture is that we're very busy we like to be busy we like to do a lot because it makes us look good in a way mm. but what is but in the end is that really gonna I guess help you like mentally in a way so I remember I watched um it was like this instagram story of this music um the musician's mom uh, jacob collier's mom and she said 
if you can spend 10 minutes kind of like looking through social media and kind of comparing yourself to other people instead of, you know, and just like just looking at other people's posts and other people's lives, it's about like, how do you, how can you take 10 minutes to kind of do nothing and to kind of like look at yourself and reflect for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And like, it sounds really simple, but it's such a difficult thing if you're such a busy person all the time, because I don't know, I don't know about me, but for some people that I know, like it's hard to kind of like sit down and do nothing because you always want to kind of distract yourself in a way. It's like, it's so easy just to pick up the phone and go on social media or go on TikTok for like four hours. Right. But then it's like social media, at least for me, the way I kind of like think of it is that you're literally kind of, I don't know, for me, it's like you're seeing other people's lives in a way. But it's like, how, how about yourself? It's like, how do you see yourself? And when I like talk to some of like my drumline students, I, I can kind of see that like, and like, especially in high school, like education, like they're really pushing these like kids to do eight, like a bunch of AP classes, like three AP classes, four AP classes. Um, and it's just a lot for them, like mentally. And this is what constantly, saying at Ridley? yeah, some of, really? um, one of my oh, students. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, but, and even in like my high school at Haverhill Horsham, like I see, that they're trying to push all these students to take all these really difficult courses in high school, but for what, you know, it makes the school look better, but like, does it make the student feel better in a way? And like, I notice like a lot of students are very, um, I guess the younger generation, oh, that's weird to say <laughs> the younger yeah. generation People is like, people. they're like constantly just comparing themselves to other. And if you do one wrong thing, they like kind of break down in a way. And I was just like, yeah, and I'm just like, what's wrong? And I was like, and they're just like, I'm like stressed. Like I'm so like tired. And I like, I always, and I always wanted to ask, like when I ask them, it's like, are you like doing stuff for yourself at least? Like, do you spend some time to really dial back and see how you're doing? Right. Like it's like some days, like for me, like I feel really like upset for no reason. And I don't know why, but um, before I would always just like go on my phone. I'd always just like, use Instagram or like scroll through Facebook. Right. And just like distract myself from feeling sad. Mm-hmm. But like and until like now, it's like whenever I feel sad, I'm like, all right, it's time to be sad. And like, it's all right. <laughs> it's all right. And it's gonna be okay. Like at the end. Like I, some days I feel anxious, some days I feel like angry for no reason. But it's just like I don't know. You spend a lot of time avoiding like com- like a lot of time like fr- like avoiding those I don't know negative or discomforting feelings in a way. Right. You like dismiss them, I guess. Yeah. And that's why I don't, you get lost in like social media. It's really true. Yeah, pretty much. And it's like, you never spend a lot of time looking or like taking care of yourself or really just doing nothing, Mm -hmm. you know, they're always on the phone kind of um, the way I see it, distracting yourself from doing something productive, you know, like you can't, cause like, I don't know, like, I don't see a lot of, I don't know a lot of people, but like until recently, I like, I actually never read a lot of books until like this past year until this yeah. pandemic because i'm like well instead of just scrolling through tiktok and just like laughing at like a bunch of random stuff it's like why like i should do something productive with myself and learn so yeah i think um i agree with a lot you're saying man like i think mental health is extremely important um i was never i i usually never i, I i'm blessed that i never suffer from like anxiety and depression but I recognize that those things are real and you know, people suffer for that. Um, 
and it's important to take care of yourself first and foremost. Um, but man, like, especially now, like the political climate, like going on quarantine, everyone's going crazy. And, you know, you look on social media and it's like, oh, here we go again. Like what, like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, All right. But there's just so much going on and it's just, I don't know. I just, for this perspective students, just like take some time to literally just sit down and like kind of get away from the phone and try to like reflect. I don't know. I like this past year, I've done a lot of just reflecting mm-hmm. and just seeing how I'm doing because sophomore year and junior year, I was always busy, 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 busy. And I was always, I felt like I was known as a guy who would be really busy and who would try to juggle a bunch of jobs while also taking a huge credit load while also trying to not fail my classes. And right. But I never really took the time to just sit down and check in with myself. You know, I almost all, I'm some, sometimes I'm like used to having others be the one. And like, I will, like some days I like want others to check in on me, but it's like some days like that's not going to happen. You know, other people have their own lives to deal with. Mm-hmm. And if you're busy all the time and you don't have the time to kind of recharge, then it's like, oh, that's just going to like blow up. And like that, that balloon is just going to blow up real big and it's just going to pop one day. I, I, I think this is, this is true for myself. Or I'm sure it's true for a lot of other students. Like sometimes like when I'm sitting down, especially in this semester, like, you know, you're sitting on the laptop for hours and let's say you're studying for a course for two hours. Like, okay, you did two hours of good studying. Let's say you study for a good two hours. And, but I know some people are like, oh, I got to keep going. I got to keep studying. But like, they'll take, like, they'll go on their phone and check Snapchat, Instagram, all this stuff. And it's like, like, just time out for a second, like reflect on this. Like, is it really beneficial for you to be checking on your phone right now? Like you just studied for two hours. Like you did a great job. Like that's good work. Don't ruin it by like, like almost like goofing off, you know, like put away the phone, put away the studying and go like some like else, you know? Right. And one thing that I like, I really took to heart, um, at least this year it was really going back to like my old hobbies that I did, like marching band, video games, uh, music, and all of that, I kind of just took in and I just kind of like hugged it. And I was like, you know what, I'm gonna do this again because I really miss playing video games all the time. And like some people think of it as like, I was like, oh, that kid's just like dorky. He's kind of lazy. All he does is play video games. But like in the end, it's, just, it's a hobby, you know? Like a lot of things are hot, like hobbies, like fishing, like your fish, like when you're like some people fish, some people fix their cars and some, and that's just a hobby, you know, right. like just because you're playing video games, you're playing Call of Duty. Um, and like, I guess in like, a, yeah, as long as you don't like overdo it, you do it every single day. It's like you gotta, it's just learning how to balance all these yeah, I agree. Um, I, I don't think there's anything wrong. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like, because I mean, I play like I play video games. Like when I'm like I'm done. Like, you know, I study. And it's like okay, I just did some good studying. Let me go take a break. Like, let me just check out for a little bit and you know get lost in the world of video games because it, it's really true. Like you can, for sure. Or read sometimes I read. I don't know. Something else. Yeah. Just as long as you're not comparing yourself to others. Yeah. No, you gotta. That's that. You have to, one of the books I'm reading is called 12 Rules for Life. And one of the rules is um, compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to, to someone else's today. And I mean, I mean, God, like that is so true. Like work on yourself. 
Oh yeah, definitely. It took me a really, really long time to finally understand that. Um, because, you know, you can, you can just say like, oh, stop comparing yourself to other people. But it's so much hard. It's so much easier said than done mm -hmm. in a way, you know, and that's something for you to figure out. Right. Everyone's going to figure it out, man. Everyone will. Take your time. Oh, yeah. Alrighty, Victor. Well, I want to thank you so much for hopping onto the show. I remember I asked you back in October, and you're like, eh, nah, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> but um, you said you were too busy. That uh, may or may not be true. I'll let you, I'll let you answer that one. But um, <laughs> we got you on today. And so I want to thank you for hopping on. It was good talking to you, man. It's always good yeah, to see you. Yeah, I want to you. thank you. Thank you for having me. This is, this is really fun. I, I really enjoyed I don't know. This is my first podcast, so it's like, I don't know. It's pretty cool. Being yeah, able to do this kind of stuff. Day, you know, you're just talking to me, honestly. Like, it's, you know, it's the end of the day. You're usually talking to me. If anyone else wants to hear us use science jargon and music, then by all means. But oh, yeah. it's always good to see you. Um, but yeah, guys. So that was episode, I think, 14. I don't know what we're at right now, but um, we're on the next episode. Um, episode 14. Who? Yeah, isn't that weird? Um, but yeah, if you like the stuff, make sure you like and subscribe, send to your friends. But then uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Yeah, thank you, everyone.